This free Hey Legal podcast is brought to you with the support of Caseload from De Novo Business Intelligence. This podcast is brought to you by Workflow Solutions, specialists in records and document management, scanning and digitization, managed print, cloud and IT solutions. Hi and welcome back to the Hey Legal podcast. Coming up in this episode, cybersecurity expert Basil Manousos discusses law firms using Zoom and the best practice around working securely online. Also, for a limited time, head over to heylegal.co.uk where you can subscribe to our full list of CPD content completely free of charge. Let's hear the podcast. Basil, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with us. I know it's been a hectic time for you as it's been for many people, but particularly in the field of um, cybersecurity. We yesterday asked uh, our community about issues that were um, of interest to them around cybersecurity, and one of the recurring themes was in relation to the use of Zoom. Um, Could you just give us your thoughts on people using Zoom at home for client meetings, confidential meetings, uh, and and the general um, cybersecurity issues around that, please? Hi, first of all, thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure to to chat with you. Zoom, like every other platform, has its challenges. Things came up. One of the things that was uh, on the news was the end-to-end encryption that uh, Zoom had mentioned, but apparently it was not exactly what they meant. The platform is is one that allows you to work with and cooperate with a lot of people. It's free. There's a free version that, that makes it even more accessible. That's why their uh, subscription went to more than 200% in less than a month. It's um, it, it's one of those things, you know, the, the, there are challenges. The Zoom bombing, from what I understand, is people who manage to get into your... Um, uh, get in, into your uh, meeting room and start giving you abuse. Um, that is more of harassment rather than a breach of security the way it happens, but although it can be a breach of security. But uh, if someone joins a meeting, you know, you will normally see them so you can stop talking. You know, it's a it's an old school solution, but, you know, if, if you have a meeting with two people, okay, and someone else joins in, you're going to see it, right? So you're going to say, who is that? Okay, or just get off the room and start another meeting somewhere else. Um, what happened with Zoom Booming is that um, people actually figure out the the, room, the the meeting numbers and they just replicate them and randomly uh, get into these. Um, one way of uh, avoiding things like that is, again, all schools put passwords. You can have passwords in your meeting, so even if someone has the link, they cannot open it. They, can, they cannot get in if you don't have a password. They cannot get into the meeting room. Um, uh, I read about uh, the response from Zoom. They are actually addressing all the security issues that um, they have um, been accused of. It seems like they are taking all, everything uh, on board. There is no evidence that something serious has happened in terms of uh, privacy and data breach. It's more of a, a harassment and more of a, um, how can I say, people's 
stupidity. They don't have anything else to do while they're locked at home and they, they try to find other things to annoy other people. Um, of course, it is, it is a threat. It is, uh, uh, if it's a big meeting and there's one extra person, you know, if it's 30 or 40 people in the meeting, you know, you don't, you're not going to notice easily one more. Um, on the other hand, you have to put those things to perspective. If you have a, a very important confidential meetings, meeting, people will have to know and get into that meeting um, to spy on you. So creating random uh, meeting numbers is not going to get you in. If someone gets into a confidential meeting like that, most likely is that because someone else gave them access. Okay, so when, when people have a meeting, just keep the link to themselves, put a simple password, don't put it on Twitter or, or social media, don't let other people know um, the meeting URL. Um, once the meeting is over, that meeting number is not valid anymore, and that's it. Yeah. And, what about the, thanks, and what about these meetings being uh, recorded? Um, well, uh, you are now recording our meeting, and I can see on my screen uh, the word recording and, a, and a, right, the dot flashing. So that's, that's something that, you know, you cannot hide from me. You cannot record it. Through, well, you can use it. You can record it using some other app that's not in the field, you know, is, is recording your entire screen or a, or a window. Uh, but if it's recorded through... Um, through Zoom, you're bound to know. Um, again, uh, if you save the recording locally on your computer, on your laptop, um, it stays there. If, you, if you've got some reasonable cybersecurity, if you've got an antivirus and a, and a firewall, it, it stays there. Yeah, and would you recommend to save it locally then rather than saving it to... Because there is an option to save it to the cloud. There is, yes. Um, uh, again, it depends on, on on what the meeting is. Okay, you have to put these things in perspective. If it's a webinar, uh, and, or if it's a presentation that has nothing secret or you know confidential about it, just don't waste your space on your computer. You can you can put it on on the cloud. Yeah. Uh, if it's if it's something that is you want to keep privately for yourself or for two or three other people, you might as well keep it uh, locally. Yeah. And and when you pass around the copies, just put them on a USB key for each person and just give them, you know, uh, old school. Um, I know it sounds uh, like we're going backwards, but some things are easily uh, remedied by using very simple solutions. Yeah, and we're all having to scramble to adapt into quick ways and easier ways to do things currently. Indeed. Um, one of my favorite teachers when I was back in the university was saying that simple engineering is good engineering and old engineering is good engineering. <laughs> so uh, the best solutions are always the, always the simplest. You know, yeah. uh, If you want to make sure that you've got uh, a backup of, uh, of your data and you, that they're never going to be breached, uh, just keep them on, a, on an external drive and keep them in a safe. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, are there other platforms that you would recommend other than Zoom? Because people seem to have defaulted to it or or, or moved to it quickly. But are, are there any others that you think are equally viable currently for law firms? Um, 
to be honest, I, I, I'm, I'm not really sure. There are there are a lot of platforms. Uh, I think this is one of the things that Zoom has is that um, is has better pricing plans, and the free plan is usually good enough for them for small meetings. Um, uh, there are other platforms, but for law firms, uh, th- simple things that we're using until now, things like Skype. Yeah. is a very good uh, and simple thing. The other thing is that uh, most people are using WhatsApp or Viber, for example. They can have uh, small uh, video calls through that. And uh, if they want to use their computers, uh, there's always an app or they can do it online. So uh, you you just connect your WhatsApp on, on your browser and you just yeah. have, have a video call. You invite uh, two or three more people in and that's it. Um, WhatsApp does have end-to-end encryption, so you can have that added bonus as well. Uh, Skype is is good as well. Um, at the university, we are using WebEx a lot. Um, from Cisco, WebEx is, um, is is a very good platform. Again, the, one of the problems that you will see with all those platforms is that more and more people are using it right now, and they may have um, uh, performance issues. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant, Basil. Thank you for that. Um, in terms of people now working from home, so even when law firms are all actually uh, physically, or lawyers were physically congregating and support staff are all working in one building by and large, law firms were vulnerable to cybersecurity attacks um, of various different types that you've spoken about uh, before. Now that people have moved into a home environment, is, is there any more issues that they should be aware of, thinking about using maybe home Wi-Fi or devices that they haven't previously used to access uh, work matters? Yes, um, that, that, that is a, a problem. Uh, people don't understand usually how their Wi-Fis work and how easy it is to, for them to be compromised. Um, when you are working in a, in a company network, usually you have the added security that goes with that net- network. Um, uh, one of the things that law firms uh, can institute is to make sure that their um, employees, every time they work, they are using a VPN. So a VPN is a virtual pri- uh, private network, is a tunnel that uh, all your communications are going through that tunnel, they are encrypted, and nobody else knows uh, what you're doing. Uh, all the uh, someone who's spying on your computer, they can see that you have a VPN and that you have some encrypted communication, but they will not be able to see anything else. Uh, it's something that people are, and companies have been using for quite some time. Um, reporters and investigators, and you know, even security services are using it whenever they are in hostile territories. Um, people use it when they are in countries like China or Russia, where they don't want the government to know uh, what they are doing and and who they are communicating with or what websites they're visiting. So um, let's say, for example, from, at the university, we got a, a VPN that is the only way for me to log into the intranet. Uh, if, if I'm outside the university network, uh, I cannot log into the internet without uh, my VPN running. So um, I've got two VPNs on my computer, one that is uh, used... Uh, that I use for uh, for work and one that I use for any personal browsing or anything else that I need to do. And prices for VPNs are uh, are not high. You know, you can get you can get a good coverage and um, 
places like NordVPN, you know, for for uh, $20, $30 uh, a year for a number of devices. So you can have a subscription and you can have um, VPN on your laptop and on your desktop and on your children's uh, mobile phones and your mobile phone. Uh, that that together with uh, having uh, an up-to-date antivirus and um, a firewall, that should do the trick. Um, after that, the biggest threat that lawyers uh, working from home will, ha- will face is uh, social engineering, is whether they're going to be tricked to submit their um, logins to a fake website, whether they are tricked to click on the wrong attachment, and whether they trust an email that looks like it's coming from a reliable source, but it actually is not. Okay, that, that's something we, we did see, obviously, before this rapid change, the cash rooms, for example, or fiat oh, yeah. might receive uh, amended invoices or with fake email addresses, etc. Well, I've got, as my experience, in my experience as an expert witness the last 10 years, I've, I've seen cases in Scotland where people just paid an invoice of a quarter of a million pounds based on, on mm. an, a, an email and uh, an attached document with the, the right stationery and signature saying we changed our bank details. And somebody just trusted that email and amended their, their payment details and they sent a quarter of a million pounds there. Mm. So in that case, the money uh, went to... Um, to a bank account that was designated to be uh, an account that was used to transfer money abroad. So these are accounts that, you know, you set up accounts like that, you, the bank knows that all the money that goes there is, is to be sent at, uh, to, for payments abroad, yeah. so nothing will be flagged. So the money got there, it went to China, that's it, you know, you'll never see that money again. Yeah. And is there, is there any system that you can put in place or is it just a case of being vigilant around receiving emails of that type? Uh, the, there are there are tools that um, protect you to a certain degree from um, uh, phishing emails. Um, the, the problem with that is that they may have a lot of false positives, so they may you know block a lot of legitimate uh, emails. Um, I see that, for example, with the filters. Uh, uh, filters that we have in uh, the university mailing system. Uh, I sent uh, I sent an attachment from my personal business email account, sorry, my business email account to my university one. I was just emailing myself a document, and it was called called as a spam. And I couldn't find. I realized, you know, it was in the spam folder. Um, and things that are coming from newsletters. Uh, they, they appear to be, you know, coming from a newsletter where there appear to be other recipients as well. They can be caught easily as uh, spam. So those tools are okay to, to a certain degree, but uh, after some point, it, it is about being vigilant. It is about using common sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks, Basil. And um, is there anything else that you would like to, to maybe alert our listeners to things that they should be um, particularly aware of now or tips that you can provide just to keep them generally safe as they work online? Well, um, the advice does not change. The uh, people who have to be vigilant with um, now with scams related to COVID-19. So um, 
for example, uh, people, Scammers may appeal to people's feelings. So you may get emails about uh, um, donating money to charities that will help the families of, uh, um, of the people who died from the coronavirus or for uh, medical research or things like that. Um, you, may, you may see, uh, and you, you, know, you may not see, you have actually seen the rise of fake news uh, and fake news is uh, another threat, a cyber threat, actually, to everyone, not just law firms. Mm. Um, yesterday, um, we all heard on the news that uh, um, the prime minister was admitted to a hospital for... Um, oops, sorry for this. <laughs> Those things happen live. <laughs> uh, um, the prime minister was admitted to hospital um, uh, for... Uh, some routine checks, but he will still be able to work from the hospital and be in touch with the government and the cabinet. And there were already news from uh, uh, from some news uh, sources that many of them were actually verified as as sources. Let's say from Twitter, uh, one of them was Sputnik, uh, Sputnik News, who, who actually said that he was admitted and he was on a respirator. Mm. Okay, now that's a big difference when the prime minister is just precautionary, you know, hospitalized and being on a respirator, right? So that, that thing went out straight away. Okay, the moment that everyone was, was launching the, the mainstream news, that thing went out. Now, Sputnik is a, a, a kind of news agency that has uh, websites in Greek or Turkish on everything. and. I found out about that because a friend of mine from Greece sent me a link to the Greek version of the article saying that Boris Johnson is on a respirator. Um, we have to be careful. These are strange times and fake news is a big threat uh, um, to everyone, to our society in general and to our businesses, and to uh, our government. But uh, in moments like that, it can create chaos and can create panic. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Personal feelings about Boris Johnson as a, uh, as a person that uh, surely we all have different feelings about him. Uh, he's the prime minister of the country. He's leading the government. His uh, health and his um, ability to govern uh, affects everything else that we do in this country. Mm. So if people lose, lose trust on on public sources and official announcement about the health of the prime minister, uh, that's going to undermine the ability of the government to do its job. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it, and it will undermine any other advice given by the government later on that can actually save lives. So this is, this is a very tricky one. And people in situations like this are going to be driven by their feelings and by their emotions rather than by logic. Yeah. And that, that at this stage is a threat. We need people to put their emotions back and say, you know, no, I've got friends from Greece and I keep telling them again and again and they, they would never stop. They would, they would forward uh, uh, all these emails and, uh, and links saying that if you, if you click here and you hear this song, uh, you know, a euro is going to be donated to the research against COVID-19 and everything. And they cannot understand that that every single one of them is a fraudulent one. 
from someone who wants to do something stupid and wants to show to his friends that uh, they their video or their message went viral to people mm. who are actually tracking down those messages and they're collecting your personal data or email addresses uh, who end up in uh, spam lists. Mm. So you have to be vigilant. Yeah. You have to be vigilant. One, uh, one of the things I would suggest for lawyers who work a lot from home now and they will have more time online, um, if you are using other websites, that um, you need to register an email address, create a second email address, you know, from uh, from Outlook or Gmail or Yahoo, wherever you've got them, and use that one wherever you register. If it's compromised, it's, it's not going to compromise your um, uh, your um, your law firm's account. Okay, that's very very valuable um, information and advice, Basil. Um, I appreciate your exceptionally busy and thank you so much for the no, time that you've no, given no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine I'm, uh, honestly I'm, <laughs> it, it's my pleasure I work with lawyers and I work with the law society a lot and uh, um, it, it's always good to be able to help uh, if if lawyers and law firms stay safe uh, our data and our work with them and our cases with them stay safe as well so it's yeah. uh, it, it's for the common good you know it's for the greater good we we must help keep each other safe. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you, Basil. Very much appreciated. And we'll publish this later today. And your details will obviously be contained there. And I'm sure anyone could try to get in touch with you if there was any... My pleasure. Um, my pleasure. I'm going to actually uh, start uh, some webinars for the Cyber Academy that will be not just for lawyers, will be for the general public. Okay. Um, I will let you know, and um, uh, you can uh, share it with your um, your audience, or you can even uh, uh, join in one of them yourself. Yeah. No, I'd love to. That's I certainly will do that, Basil. But <laughs> thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this Hey Legal podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please visit heylegal.co.uk to subscribe and join our community. Or you could ask your law firm to contact us for a firm wide subscription. Learn more, be more with Hey Legal.